welcome. First of all, welcome. This is Unsolicited Perspectives, and I am Bruce Anthony, your host, ready to dive into critical issues shaping our world. Join the conversation by rating, reviewing, liking, comment, subscribing, and sharing with friends, family, hell, even your enemies. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Trump and his fraud case, George Santos not getting kicked out of Congress. We're going to be talking about Joe Smith and his wife on OnlyFans and Keith Lee, not that Keith Lee, the other Keith Lee. But first things first. What up, sis? What up, brother? I can't call it. I'm just chilling. My back still hurt, but that's another conversation for another day. Your back still hurt? Oh, yeah, your back still hurt. hurt. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Gonna be all right. We're gonna gonna be all right. I love that uh, it's Keith. Everybody knows it's Keith. Keith. Yeah, no, it's Keith. Yeah, Keith. We don't say Keith. It's Keith. Keith. Who is Keith? No one. And you got to be careful because I thought it was Keith Lee from uh, uh, St. Lunatics. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's not. not. It's not Keith Lee. But we'll get into that in the dude. in the in the last segment of today's mm-hmm. episode. But what you want to dilly dally about? <laughs> there are, no, that's gonna be. In the, come on, Jay. I gave you what the rundown was. All right. Yes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, putting you behind the scenes. My sister's gonna pay attention to none of the pre-production. <laughs> <laughs> why does it always come down to me why is it always me because you'll never be doing no pre-production but okay I let's do. talk about trump let's talk about trump <laughs> donald trump jr eric trump and ivanka trump uh are set to testify in a fraud trial in new york this week the trial is related to the allegation of the trump family uh inflating the value of their assets and then lying on financial documents to secure loans uh Trump Jr., Donald Jr., and Eric Trump uh, are listed as co-defendants. Mm-hmm. Ivanka was, you know, taken off as a co-defendant. <laughs> they, look, Ivanka's so smart. She's so smooth with hers, right? She got yeah. into the White House, got that two billion, two billion from the Saudis, and don't even talk to the family no more. Because she got her two billion. Her and Jared off somewhere doing whatever they're doing. Just they fine. Not in, they, they just fine, and they're not in the yeah. limelight. Meanwhile, no. the Dumb and Dumber over here <laughs> testifying, <laughs> saying, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. If you exactly will. Yeah. testifying, saying, "Oh, we was just signing paperwork. We left it up to the uh, experts to let us know. You know, we trusted them to do it." Basically, yeah, put, lying. It all, put it all off on the accountants. Yeah, yeah. basically lying. Now, I mean, and what business? Pr- what, who? <laughs> who is someone who says they're good at business? But I don't look at the thing. I just sign it and leave it up to other people. No, let's be. Come on. The Trump name is on these things. Y'all saw them. Y'all know what was going on. To know the details, right? Like, to, right. Maybe not to know exactly because they're probably signing so many papers. Like we've, you've signed uh, to buy a house for a mortgage. I've yes. signed business documents before. These things yes. can be books lengthy. Of, yes. of signatures. Incredibly so you're not lengthy. paying attention to every single detail, but you know the main gist of right. what all is going on. You know what you're worth. And they inflated their assets. Look, most people inflate their assets for certain loans. This is not uncommon. Right. What is uncommon is the amount of times that they've done it and the loans that they've actually secured from these inflations. It's the 
George Santos effect, if you will. <laughs> we go. We go get to him next. We get to him next. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, one of the things that uh, Eric Trump erupted in anger at one point and uh, just basically yelled out, "We're a major organization and a massive real estate organization. A massive real estate organization. Like, how could we have known?" you know, every little bit of dealing, but when you're dealing in this amount of money, come on, this is not the, the couple of cents that came off <laughs> space. Okay. Look, <laughs> and, and this isn't just the little dealings. This is the complete evaluation, financial evaluation of your company, how much right. you are worth. You're paying attention to that. Right. You're paying attention to that. So they know. Here's the funny thing. They've all Trump has already been convicted of this. There's still more charges pending. He's mm-hmm. already been found guilty. There's just they're just trying to cover up, make sure they don't get any more penalties put against them. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is just a civil case. The criminal right. cases right. are something a little bit different. He got that down in Atlanta and my man Jack Smith coming for him. But this, you know, the Trump's stay in the news. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is, um, <laughs> some within the Trump organization as the boys. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. What? Wait a minute. What? <laughs> Trump and Eric and Donald are known as the boys. No, we only know one co- group of people that's known as the boys. The fat boys? Well, I mean, the fat boys are heavy D and the boys. The boys. Uh, or remember there's the another boys in the hood. Boys in the hood. Remember the musical group, the the boys? They were all brothers. You no. don't remember? No. It was like what, in the 90s. What song did they sing? I don't remember. It was the 90s. And there was a boy band in the 90s when I was listening to, you know, uh, Mind Playing Tricks on Me, Ghetto Boys, and, you know, Sneaking um, <laughs> sneaking Two Live Crew. <laughs> yeah, so I, here we go. The boys, uh, they look familiar. Yeah, because they had hits for a little while. What song? Well, they did a lot of songs. They yeah. did, they played on. They were musical talents, like even more musically talented than the Jacksons, because they produced their own music as they were kids. How do That's I know crazy. all this? Because I saw a VH1 behind the music. Oh well, because I was wondering because that. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember them, but I didn't know how intricate they were. Intimate. Anyway, if we're gonna talk about the boys, that's who we talking about, not these three idiots. No, no, and I don't know who. Gave them that moniker. I assume they gave it to themselves, but. And how Donald going to be the boys when his ass is 275 years old? He is 653 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And still out here lying. I will say this. I don't be defending Trump because I don't like him. But I will say this. For 2,700. He's hilarious. But for a 2,755 year old man. He got a lot of energy. He really does. He got a lot of energy. A, a diet of cheeseburgers and diet coke, and no alcohol or drugs. Which I just right fascinating. Right, it's fascinating how this man is still walking around. But, we either uh, don't die. That's it. Keep you going. I swear, <laughs> <laughs> get in your veins or something because well, boy, you know going in, strong. You know, in Star Wars. Now, Darth Maul was killed and cut in half in episode one by Obi-Wan Kenobi. I do remember that. Okay. 
Darth Maul survived being cut in half now. By, by pure hatred. He survived on pure hatred. Yeah. Now, that's but he's still in half. Well, I mean, eventually, you know, his 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 mothers who were priestesses, you know, did some magic and gave him some some extra limbs and some bodies and stuff like that. But basically what I'm saying is is when you are in tune with the dark side, your hatred can get you to live a lot longer than you should. Well, huh. Speaking <laughs> of Marvel, I actually read this today. That, that wasn't Marvel, that was Star Wars. I'm going to need you not to get uh, well, sci-fi here, confused. So, ADHD, y'all ready to follow me? <laughs> okay, so, here we go. Okay, we were talking about Star Wars. Right. Which is on Disney Plus. Yes. Which also has Marvel. Yes, okay. But here's the interesting thing. So I'm about to talk about this because I just want to dilly-dally and see what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even need to make the leap to Marvel. I could have just stopped at Disney Plus because I'm about to say something about Disney. Okay. So, you know, ADD, ADHD. Did you, you know can't... that they acquired Hulu from Comcast? They already had Hulu. They just acquired the re- Comcast had a piece of it. They had just acquired okay. the remaining piece of Comcast. I mean, up from of Hulu from Comcast. Because okay, remember, so you could do the bundle. They're just full control. Yeah, because you could do the bundle. You could sign up for Disney Plus, Hulu, it. and ESPN. Right. We got it. And yeah. so now they're just like, Disney is buying up. Disney bought Marvel. Disney bought Star Wars. Disney buys everything. Yeah. And Santos, <laughs> the Santos, the Santos decided to go against him. What an idiot. Makes that's, no sense. That's some real dilly-daddling. But since we still talking about politics, let's talk about our man, poor Georgie. Poor <laughs> Incidentally, yes. Yes. Which is why he robbed a bunch of people. Allegedly. <laughs> All right. The most recent attempt to expel Santos was led by a fellow Republican freshman from New York. Don't mm-hmm. have a name. The resolution to expel uh, him received. Desposito. Desposito? Okay. Yes. The resolution to expel him re- expelled him received 179 votes, while 213 voted against it. 24 Republicans broke from their party and voted to expel Santos, but 31 Democrats Democrats voted against expelling him. Mm-hmm. Um, expulsion is a process in which a member of the legislative body is removed from their position. In the United States House of Representatives, expulsion requires a two-third majority vote. Obviously, he didn't get that. Right. He's managed to stay in position, and he said he's not going to resign, and he's going to run again. Right. For now. Well, he's going to jail, but the... He is going to jail because we've said it before. What is he not? That's really, really important. He is not a rich white man. There you Um, go. Yeah. Yeah. So when he was lying about names, I don't know, maybe not pick George Santos. I I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we don't even know if that's his... We don't even know if that's his name. I think it was way too soon uh, for D'Esposito and his cohort to have brought this up because... You know, he's still in the middle of his criminal trial and the House Ethics Committee investigation. So I get why some people, including some of the Democrats, were like, let's wait and see. Because we don't want to just set a precedent of just kicking people out mm-hmm. before investigations are complete. So, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, well, you it know was, why they I, did it. In that. my opinion, it was just too early. When they, well, the reason why they did it is because they're in districts where they, they need to, they want to win. 
and yeah. and and it doesn't look favorably upon the Republican Party. A lot of things don't look favorably up upon the Republican Party. You got a insurrectionist that's a that's a House leader now, mm-hmm. the Speaker of the House. Okay, you got the person who started the insurrection is the number one leading nominee to be the Republican representative for presidency for the 2024 election. You have what was it, 160 or 140 at the time that voted to not certify the election and they're still in Congress. So the Republican Party looking like the Wicked Witch of the East or the West. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was, but they looking like it. You know what? I don't know either. I don't I don't remember. East or West. I don't remember. So, don't remember. Right. You know, um, the Republican Party's looking like the dawn of the dead. That's what it is. Right. Yes. So and they're worried about what 2024 is going to look like. I can mm-hmm. tell you that it's not going to be as bad as what a lot of Republicans think because Biden is pissing off a lot of people with some of the stuff he's been doing recently. But mm-hmm. that's another topic for another day. We're going to stay away from that one. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I politics is just so ugh right now. When you, right now, when you got it's, me, it's bad. Yeah. When you got me yearning for W, when you got me yearning for, for I'm not that far. No, like, I'm, I'm, not I'm that yearning. Far. I'd rather you just lie to me about some weapons of mass destruction. Like we knew Saddam wasn't a good guy. We were we in that lied. war for a very long time, most of our lives. Not Iraq. Well, the war against Saddam was real quick. That only lasts about six weeks. <laughs> I'm talking about we were over there. Yeah, fighting. we was. Yeah, we was fighting for a long time. For, yeah. So. Hmm. <sighs> I'm not nostalgic for George W. Bush. Well, okay. So I get that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, let me detour ADHD and give a quick history ADHD. lesson. ADHD. A quick history lesson of when you attack a militant or terrorist group. When you attack a militant or terrorist group, and you can see this throughout history, you can only take it so far. The the most important thing that you have to remember is that if you kill innocent people in response to attacking a militant or terrorist group, you breed more militant and terrorist people because you created enemies because you've killed innocent people. This is what happened. The name just changes. You get mm-hmm. rid of Al-Qaeda, they become ISIS. Yeah. So be careful what you do. When you're going to war, we should have learned during the Treaty of Versailles, for those people, that was the treaty that was signed after World War I, where we put incredible restrictions on Germany. And it gave rise to the most to one of the most evil terrorists this world has ever seen. Thank you for clarifying that because I didn't know what the like l- let me make it very clear. My brothers in terms of like history and politics, y'all are top tier. I am the worst at it. I don't remember dates, events. I don't remember dates either. I mean, but like you at least the Treaty of Versailles, that sounded like <laughs> it sounded like a, like an English French war. From no. the Middle Ages, I like, mean the English, I, the English and the French were in the war. Yeah, but it's just it just I'm thinking for I, I don't know, okay, but it didn't sound like it was something from World War One. So I just appreciate you know just the little the little footnotes that you throw in there for for people like me who just 
You're on your own. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known what you were talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'm a history buff. And, yes. and the reason why I loved history and the reason why I love history, I mean, constantly history repeats itself and it feels mm-hmm. like we don't ever, ever learn. It feels like I'm shouting from the mountaintops. I've seen this before. I know this how this I know how this is gonna play out because I've seen it before. It just happened yeah. 50 years ago over there over here in this area. You know what that sounds like? What's that? Hell. <laughs> you say we're living in hell? Yes. Because well. we keep repeating the same mistakes and never learning. That well, sounds that, like hell to well, me. Well, that's literally the definition of insanity. Right. So I mean so you, you do the math. Yeah, but when people's emotions are involved, like I get it, right? Yeah. If somebody if somebody came up to our mama and slapped her, I beat the hell out of that person. Right. We're not gonna stop at just slapping that person back. No, no. We we're going to really, really hurt them. Yeah. And that's not proportional. You're right. Right? The, the proportional thing would be to go find their mama and slap their mama. That would be also an alternative, yes. <laughs> right, right. Instead that I would of, be comfortable with. Yes. Right. Instead of instead of beating them to a pulp, where right. maybe they can't walk or see again because you ripped right. their eyeball out their head or something like that. Yeah, that's, beat that's their legs, too, of yeah, course. You know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> beat their legs. <laughs> For y'all that don't get that, that was a Dave Chappelle sketch with Rick James. Yes. Where Eddie and Charlie Murphy beat his beat his legs. Beat his legs. They whipped his legs. Yes. Speaking of Dave Chappelle, one of our watchers on youtube uh uh-huh. very very person that's engaged uh into the product and leaves comments all the time mm-hmm. huge fan you know what as a matter of fact such a huge fan i know you watch the show you'll be watching the show as soon as it releases tomorrow because that's how you do send us email us your information let us send you a shirt uh, we're yeah. gonna do that because you 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 are on it. They That's wanted awesome. to hear our thoughts mm-hmm. about Dave Chappelle because th- they said I'd made a comment about Dave Chappelle, and they were like, well, "What was it you referring to? Were you referring to his comments about the Israel uh, Hamas Hamas uh, yeah. conflict? I always say Hamas Hamas yes. conflict." And I was like, "No, I, I can't really comment on that because everything." that's around that is hearsay. There's no documents of what exactly he said. There's no recordings of what he said. So mm-hmm. I can't really comment on that. Uh, but but my issue with him was his trans stance. Yes. Um, and, and, and how he basically compared it to, as Black people in this country, we know white people that we've accused of racism and they will say, but I have a black friend or I mm-hmm. have a black family member as if that's an eliminator of them actually still being racist. That's the same thing that Dave Chappelle did when he talked about his uh, trans friend that committed suicide. He's like, how can I be transphobic when I had a trans fan, trans friend? And no, you absolutely can still be transphobic yes. just because you have a trans friend. And maybe you weren't paying attention to your trans friend's struggle and that may have had something to to do with them uh, committing suicide. So it was just so for for the clarification, it was just that comment of, "Hey, you're a black man. You understand that that's been a blueprint for some white people saying, I'm not racist. I have black friends. Yeah. You saying I'm transphobic. I'm not transphobic. I have trans friend. When you have one, is not 
an indicator that you're not still transphobic. So that's that was my and then, and to make it an issue of you know trans people have taken the narrative over and black people are still not being represented in the struggle and not recognizing that the the majority of of trans people that are being killed or committing suicide are black and mm-hmm. not making that connection right. just really bothered me. It really disappointed me because I I know he's a smart man, but he's being blinded by hubris. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and, you know, bigotry yeah. uh, and prejudice. That's yeah. he's, he's, uh, he's transphobic. Like we can just call it that. And that's, and you know what? I think I wouldn't even have had, as big a problem with him being, well, I don't want to say this because that's absolutely not true. I have a huge problem with him being transphobic in that I don't support him any longer um, just as a personal choice. Um, Yeah. You be stone cold about that. When, When you have strong beliefs when you don't rock with somebody because they didn't agitated you you yeah. really don't rock with them anymore don't i'm don't only like that in my personal life when you piss me off in my personal life i'll cut you off my artists i give them a little leeway because they're not perfect yeah i mean nobody's perfect that doesn't give people uh it doesn't mean that i'm gonna condone or be complicit in them being jackasses well that's yeah that's true that's i mean i as a fan get to decide whether or not i want to continue to support this person and i don't um but it was it was more about the doubling tripling and quadrupling down on it yeah that really that that really was like i'm really trying here and you're making it terribly difficult and it has nothing to do with trans people and a hundred percent to do with his ego Mm -hmm. and being called out yep that's exactly what it is it's his ego and being called out in the first place so he went back doubled down on it like see you get my point right no you're still making a very transphobic point and this isn't the oppression olympics we're not comparing our trauma because Again, when you do that, it's like you said, people for, people tend to forget that the majority of the trans folks out here dying are black, especially black women. Mm-hmm. And so when you do things like the oppression Olympics, where Which you a say, lot of people like to do a lot, a lot I'm, of people, I'm, re- I'm recognizing that a lot of people love to do the oppression Olympics. What that does is erase the people <laughs> who cross both of those lines, who are both black and a member of the LGBTQ community. It's like, you know, you got, uh, you know, so Jewish folks pro-Israel wondering why black people aren't coming forward, this, that, and the thing. Well, you you know, there are black Jewish people, right? It's not like, oh, well, we stand with you guys. Why aren't you standing with us? You know, there's people in between, right, that you're completely like erasing by doing that. Sammy Davis Jr. was a black Jew. He was. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the only one I can think of. I mean, that was Le- uh, well, with Lenny Kravitz. Well, well Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> no, I think his father was Jewish, so it but passed that through means your maternal he's Jewish. line. No, it passes through your maternal line. Uh, okay, so this is if you guys go all the way back to one of the earlier video episodes, I interviewed two uh, Jewish men. There's a two part series where mm-hmm. we talked about. Uh, living and being Jewish in America and in Israel. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I brought up 
it is constantly because you know I've coached at at a Jewish high school. I coached basketball at a Jewish high school. I've had Jewish friends. I even have uh, my own yarmulke that was gifted to me uh, from the players and their parents when oh, I was at nice. the Jewish school. Yeah. I still have it, and uh, so I've been not ingrained. Ingrained isn't the right word, but I, you know, I I've, I've been around the Jewish the community. Jewish community. Yeah, yeah. And and I've always had the question. Wait, wait a minute. Is being Jewish an ethnicity or religion? And sometimes people can't define which one it is. And I say, well, it's actually kind of both. If it's both, I would. It's both. It both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can. You can. I know a lot of people who are Jewish ethnically who don't participate in Jewish customs at all. Yeah. Except for Rosh Hashanah. Right. right. And and people who are not Jewish are thinking, well, isn't Hanukkah the big holiday? Nope, it's Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know people who are who are not ethnically Jewish, but who converted to Judaism. Yeah. So they they are, they go to uh the synagogue and they, they you know celebrate all the holidays. So there is like a difference. So when somebody says you don't support Jewish people, I'm like, mm, uh Hmm. Is it Jewish people or Jewish religion or like what? What are you talking about here? First of all, I support human beings. So whether I, I, it's re- whether it's a religion or an ethnicity, uh, well, I don't support all human beings. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, but I, yes, I, what I, are you I, getting? I, are they getting? Yeah. I don't want to parse out like. Well, well I, I'm I supportive of the religion, but boy, not the people. Like, I don't want to parse out. <laughs> that's not what that's I mean. Not, that's not, yeah. yeah, okay. Maybe I'm not making myself clear because <laughs> I'm not going to say I support everybody, like every person. Because, you know, right. you got some people in jail and some people that's out there walking free that uh, done some horrible things to people that I just, I can't rock with them. I can't right. support them. But right. that's not, that's not, so I'm not going to say well, I'm universally support Well, when I see that, humanity. I support the the. Freedom of freedom all. of the people. Yes. yes. I support yes. the freedom of the people. The liberation of people. <laughs> hey there, podcast listeners. It's Bruce Anthony here, and welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Perspectives. Today, I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind lately. The importance of staying hydrated and taking care of ourselves. Whether it's prioritizing our health and wellness, or gearing up for festival seasons, or just gearing up for whatever season or time of year, there's one brand that's been my go-to for all things hydration, Liquid IV. Speaking of health and wellness, let's dive into how Liquid IV can fuel your well-being. Imagine starting your day off right, feeling refreshed and energized. Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is the missing piece in your daily routine. With just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. It's perfect for those early mornings, pre-workout boosts, moments when you're just feeling run down, or even after a late night or long flights. I absolutely love how convenient Liquid IV is. The packaging makes it easy to bring with me wherever I go. And let me tell you, it's become vital daily part of my routine. The flavors, (laughs) let me tell you something, they're incredible. From refreshing sea berry and strawberry lemonade to classics like lemon lime and watermelon, there's a flavor for every preference. It's like a burst of hydration with a hint of deliciousness. Picture this. One stick of liquid IV mixed in 16 ounces of water, hydrating you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. And with 12 mouth water and flavors, you'll never get bored with your hydration routine. Plus, liquid IV is packed with five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, vitamin C. 
It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This is hydration at its finest. But it doesn't stop there. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. That's why they partner with leading organizations finding innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. It's incredible to know that Liquid IV has already donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. They truly walk the talk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code unsolicited at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code unsolicited at liquidiv.com. Remember folks, Taking care of ourselves should always be a priority. So why wait? Head over to liquidiv.com, pick your favorite flavors, and experience hydration like never before. Stay refreshed, stay hydrated, and keep rocking those unsolicited perspectives. Uh, I don't know where, and ladies and gentlemen, we were supposed to, you know, end this daily dialing a little while ago. I'm right now, as you're listening to this or watching this, you're in the second segment, and I just cut earlier. <laughs> so, so we're gonna take we're gonna take a little bit of a detour and talk about my man William Wolf. Jay, do you know who William Wolf is? I do not. Who is William Wolf? All right, William Wolf is a former senior Trump administration official and far right, far. Right. Evangelical figure recently, and he recently gave a speech in an event in Syracuse, New York, and the event was titled Jesus and Politics Conference 4. Hail to Jesus. I'm lying. I do know who William Wolfe is. And let me tell you, his uh, I was riveted at that conference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, are you, you, talk, you think about William Wolfe or Dick Wolfe? Because Dick no. Wolf is the writer. He no. wrote some good uh, shows. You Jesus, about Jesus and Politics Conference 4, Hail to Jesus, was yeah. riveting. Okay. All right. You, are I you was getting not confused? there. I you, was not you, there. Okay, because I thought you was getting confused with Naked Gun 33 and a third. No. Now that was not so much riveting as it was hilarious. Well, I don't find that one as hilarious as, hilarious as Naked Gun 2 and a half. You're crazy. Naked Gun 2 and a half was the best one. But we can't watch it no more because of who? Damn it, OJ. Damn it, OJ. But anyway, so uh, William Wolf in his speech, mm-hmm. Wolf suggested that his fellow fundamentalist Christians should prepare for war. Mm. He boasted his remarks by repeatedly quoting a 1758, a 1758, not a literally, 1958. Literally no relevance <laughs> to 2023. <laughs> right. And, and, Ladies and gentlemen, let me repeat In that. Anyway, 1758, not 1958, which would be old as hell anyway. A 1758 sermon yeah. delivered by Virginian pastor Samuel Davies. Who? Guess who Samuel Davies was? I'm afraid to ask. President of a college that later became Princeton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the summer, the summon delivered in the midst of the French and Indian War was dubbed the Curse of Cowardice, as Davies warned Christians that they were in danger of losing their religion. Uh, Wolf echoed da- uh, Davies' remarks that the art of war becomes a part of religion, basically saying Christians are about to go to war mm-hmm. for their Christianity, mm-hmm. basically saying 
that America is a Christian nation, basically saying he's a Christian nationalist and the only true religion in America is Christianity. Yes. Um, this was a, a Trump Christi- senior a Christ- official, by the way. Trump a senior official. Christianity that literally no one's coming for. Mm-hmm. No one's coming for it. They're just leaving. Because they're finding out that their version of Christianity ain't the true teachings of Jesus. No, literally has nothing to do with it. Nothing. Um, They are very much stuck in part one of the Bible Mm -hmm. when as Christians, they should be more in the sequel and part two. (laughs) (laughs) So they tend to forget that and they do a lot of stuff, you know, that's in the first part of the Bible. And in order to find things to justify stuff that Jesus already, he healed for us already. Yeah, to, he died to, for our sins. Yeah. So to go and you have to dig and find a sermon from 17 damn 58 to make your points make sense because there's no relevance in the modern world for what you're talking about, the kind of xenophobia, the kind of white nationalism and Christian nationalism that you're talking about. You have to go and dig into the history books. Dig deep. That thing is over 250 years old. How many generations is that? I don't know how long a generation is, but I'm going to tell you, it's more than one. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely more than one. (laughs) It's definitely more than one. It's definitely more than one. It's probably like five, six, seven, eight. No, it's it's about, it's it's higher than that. It's about like seven, eight generations. I don't know. How long is a generation? That's a good thing to Google. I don't don't think that they, yeah, how long is a generation? I don't really think they specify what a generation is. A generation um, really isn't. A length of time. Right. Yeah. No. Um, it refers to all the people born and living at the same time. Uh, but they say an average period is 20 to 30 years. Right. So you're talking about like 10 generations. Yeah. Nine to 10 generations. Mm-hmm. That means that's not your grandparents, not your great grandparents, not your great great grandparents. Not your yeah. you got to go great, we- great, 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 great. We talking great, great, about great, great, some great. people who got off a boat. It, literally. Yeah. We talking literally. about people who got off a boat. The United States, for those that are listening, I put that in quotes. The United States wasn't formed until 1776. Right. So that's that's literally think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make a point in a modern context. And I pick a time when America, the America I'm talking about, didn't even exist yet. Didn't even exist. It was 18 <laughs> years away. It was 18 it years away. Didn't even exist yet. And don't get me started on the country being founded in 1776, because how can you found a country that all its citizens didn't have its rights? This country truly wasn't founded until 1960. It truly was never founded because well, indigenous yeah, folks will tell you, hey, well, we're here. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's we what they'll say. We definitely called this place home. So I, I've so, talked about this on previous episodes about, uh, you know, we read an article. I wish I could reference the article. I can't right now. But there's an article of a pastor from the Southern Baptist Conference who left yes. saying that evangelical Christians were becoming more politicized and even were coming up to pastors that were speaking 
that were preaching the teachings of Jesus, saying that Jesus was too woke. And why are they talking, speaking that woke stuff in the church? Literally going against what mm-hmm. Jesus and, yeah. and everybody, for those people that don't understand what Christianity is, Christianity is Jesus. His name was Russell Moore, by the way. Russell Moore. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, not could be not could be confused with the the Moore that was a senator down there in Arkansas that was accused of being a pedophile. Yeah, not that guy. Not that guy. It's a different guy. Different guy. Uh, different dude. I don't know why I threw that out there, but just like to throw out little tidbits. You know, just, throw, just in case anybody was wondering, yeah, we were yeah, talking Doug, about Doug Jones booed out, beat out. I want to call. I want to say Rudy Moore, but I might be getting that confused with you're Rudy thinking, Ray Moore. You're thinking about Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of thinking Dolomite. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those, <laughs> those people who don't know who Dolomite is, Dolomite was Rudy Ray Moore. It was a character that Rudy Ray Moore, who was a stand-up comedian, a failing stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. created. It was a character that he created. And he did a lot of black exploitation movies that were not good but funny because they were so bad right anyway so yes you have people in the Ooh, church you're thinking of anyway it's roy moore hey i was close i said but rudy it was roy it was r moore i was right it was r dot more <laughs> you just you go make yourself right you go, i was right it was r dot more hey, look. I was, <laughs> <laughs> it was R dot more. I got it right. R dot more. I didn't turn oh, Rudy. Lord. I didn't turn Dolomite into a pedophile that was running for senator in the state of Arkansas <laughs> that lost to Doug Jones. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yes. Yeah, so Russell Moore was talking about how there are people in this country who mm-hmm. say they are devout Christians. Yes. And they say that Jesus's teachings were too woke. Yeah. <sighs> Christian, and I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. comes from Christ. Right. Now, Christ, yeah. in the Christian context, well, is Jebus. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a Christian or a mm-hmm. Christian, Mm-hmm. You follow the teachings of Christ, mm-hmm. who is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the hell. <laughs> right. Right. What, what to say something like to be ruled by cowards in the time of war is a curse because God hates cowards. This is that was William Wolfe, by the way. Like. Right. Cowards. I don't even remember that. I don't, I, right. You know, it's been a while since I looked at my uh, King James. <laughs> King James is the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I will implore everybody out there that's watching and listening to this to pay attention to politicians who call themselves Christian nationalists and ask yourself, do they represent an inclusive society. And when I say inclusive, mm-hmm. religious inclusive, pay attention to who these people are, pay attention to what they back and what they don't back and the reasons why they do it. And now if this we- is this was somebody in uh, the Trump administration. So it's yeah, also- This is a senior official. It's also important to look at who 
these politicians staff mm-hmm. um as their close confidants mm-hmm. it's important to look at the people that are that's around him i mean we see that of course with trump himself and who he surrounded himself with i mean if you surround yourself with a bunch of bigots and grifters everybody's gonna look at you like perhaps the apple don't fall far from the damn tree Look, you are the company that you keep. That. And the only time where that has not been true was Jesus. He hung out with the with the with the with prostitutes. The and, yeah, but he hung out with prostitutes and the, and the thifters and the grievous and But the point was that they were all human beings and Exactly. That's what, of, that, yeah. and I and that's what I just said. You oh. are the company that you keep. Ex- the only time that there's ever been an exception was Jesus. Jeepers, ladies and gentlemen. See, and 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 <laughs> let me tell y'all how bad my sister is with beginning and ending segments. That was a perfect ending to a segment. I don't think it was because I was confused by the statement and I needed well, to get clarification. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, um, yeah, I think that to just kind of wrap on the, issue of Christian nationalism, that it's more dangerous, in my opinion, because it's a war that they're creating in their minds. Because again, nobody is coming for Christianity. People are leaving it. They're not, nobody is attacking Christian faith. We're just saying that there are other faiths and there are other ways to live your life, to have a family, et cetera. And you can't go around telling people they're going to go to hell (laughs) for being themselves. Like you can't Mm -hmm. do that. So, but I think it's more dangerous in, in, because they're making up these grievances. Yeah. That's always the the most dangerous uh, war, the war Mm -hmm. that you're fighting in your head. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see what they mean. Hopefully they talking about putting on the armor of God because they're going to need it. Don't don't okay. don't, okay. uh, don't <laughs> listen. Don't be don't be trotting my I don't know what Lord this is, but don't be trotting my Jesus out there. <laughs> like this is this ain't got nothing to do with him. And I'll scrap over it. I will. I'll squabble. Okay. Well, speaking <laughs> of prostitutes. Okay. We're gonna talk about Joe Smith and his wife next. <laughs> Hey, Jay, did you hear the news? I did not. Well, I did. You but did. You, go ahead anyway. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Smith, a former NBA player, recently discovered that his wife, Kisha Chavis, I think that's her name, uh, has an I OnlyFans account. <laughs> feel like that's not it. Uh, Kisha Chavis. Yeah. Chavis. Okay. That's what it is. Uh, I knew somebody who once had that last name. That's how she enunciated it. So that's something that's something, you know, it was spelled the exact same way. Anyway, okay. uh, he, Joe Smith found out his wife had an OnlyFans account. This discovery led to a heated argument between the couple, which was captured in a now viral video. You can see it everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Just Google search Joe Smith and his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Captured in the now viral video, in the video, Smith expressed his frustration and felt disrespected by his wife's decision to create an OnlyFans account without discussing it with them first. His wife, 
happens to be a former adult film actress mm-hmm. and also singer. Let's not just say that she was a former adult film actress. She was also a singer. Not that there's anything wrong with being a former adult film actress. We ain't judging over here. Mm -hmm. I I did have to do a little research to confirm that she was an adult film actress and she actually had some scenes purely for research purposes. And I can confirm. Sure. She has them. They're old. They like early 90s. You could tell by the grainy nature of the video camera. Uh, early nineties is old, Jay. That was that thirty years really ago. Really breaks my heart. When people yeah, it was say like that. Yeah, it was but... thirty years ago. Over thirty years ago, if it was nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, she argued that her that it was her body, mm-hmm. and that creating an OnlyFans account was just a way to bring in money. She also revealed that she had an OnlyFans OnlyFans page for a full year, and she says the only reason why he knows is because his little friend told him, and his little friend ain't a man. Because LaFran is a woo man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, following the argument and substanti- uh, and subsequent backlash, uh, Smith left the home. In an interview with TMZ Live, she explained her side of the story and what was happening since the video dropped. She revealed, she revealed that Smith was not talking to her uh, was not talking to her and believed that he was staying at his sister's house. She also implied that, uh, you know, he wasn't being faithful in a rel- relationship and that they have real life money issues uh, like they're living paycheck to paycheck and owe one hundred fifty seven thousand. Their combined in- income was a reported twenty six thousand uh, a year. And they lived in a house that was worth one hundred and thirty three thousand in Atlanta. Uh so that's the current situation. Mm. I thought this was fascinating because because I just I literally before I saw this video. Yeah. The love doctor was given relationship advice. Yeah. Okay. In the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is a really good. This is a really interesting story of something that obviously has happened in a relationship. And it's all built around trust. Yeah. But. I didn't, I knew what my ideas of this situation was, mm-hmm. but I was curious to find out what my sister thought. What do you think I think? The the, the part of me that's known you for the longest mm-hmm. was going to be like, it's her body, her choice. She can do whatever the hell she want. And then I thought about our conversations, especially over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And you talk about expectations uh, people's expectations of one another. And then I was like, yo, my sister's going to think that this is betrayal of trust. Absolutely. Yes, because I knew that we would be on the same page. She is dead wrong. And she knows she's wrong because of, by the fact that he didn't know she was doing it. Well, and yeah. there should be no reason why he didn't know you were doing it. Mm-mm. Now, I'm not saying that, you, did, did she need to get his permission or something like, okay, yeah, okay, then you're stepping into, it's her body, you know, whatever. But you all are in a relationship where you're supposed to be of one mind and all of that. Like, so he does get to say something about it. He does get to have an opinion about this. He absolutely gets to have an opinion yeah, about it. before you do it, when you're thinking about doing it, he, this is that's the perfect opportunity to talk to your partner about it because the hell, because I don't know anybody who wouldn't be a little bit taken aback. 
<laughs> to find out that their partner is engaged in a whole business, regardless of the fact that it's sex work, just a whole business bringing in income, contributing to our household, and I don't even know that you're doing it. So did you watch the video? I did. I didn't like her dismissal. She was very dismissive. Um, what are we talking about it now? No, you don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. I get and to be upset about this. The comment that kind of flew over the edge for me in 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 two different directions, right? Mm-hmm. She said, "You knew who I was before you married me." Yeah, Which that was true. like, ah, uh, yeah, but yeah, she got a point. And then he says, "Yeah, but you married now." And I'm yeah. like, uh, but that don't yeah, mean that somebody's whole world changes just because they get married. People are people. They are who they are. No, you signed a contract <laughs> that you- <laughs> Literally. That you, you literally signed a contract. Yes, you signed a contract that you will include this person as a part of your life for the rest of your life. Well, And so yes. if you want to sign the contract, then yes- the situation does change. I knew who you were when we met. Yes. But now we're married. Mm-hmm. So you're not making decisions for yourself alone in a vacuum. You're not on an island. Right. We both are here now. You signed a contract. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me throw a hypothetical at you. What if it wasn't OnlyFans? What if you've got a part-time job being a server at one of the Atlanta restaurants that we'll be talking about next? Well, that's the that's the thing that I said is not even it doesn't even matter the sex work is just the fact that you have a whole source of income, a whole job, side job, and I don't know that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I and think see, that's I'm, strange. I'm trying to think of, and it's funny, 20-year-old Bruce, 30-year-old Bruce, and 40-year-old Bruce each have a different reaction to mm. this situation. Have a different reaction to the situation if it's presented to us before any decisions are made. Right. 20 year old Bruce says, hell no, I'm out. Cause he was a chauvinist. He was misogynistic. He was a Neanderthal, right? Mm. 30 year old Bruce, a little bit more evolved, but not by that much mm-hmm. says, I hear what you have to say. My answer is no. Right. Right. 40 right. year old Bruce says, okay, I hear what you have to say. Tell me what exactly you want to do on OnlyFans. You want to do pictures? Cool. You want to do scenes? Is it scenes with me? I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Scenes with somebody else? I'm definitely not comfortable with that. Mm. I'm okay. You taking pictures of yourself and other people seeing you. That doesn't really bother me anymore because there's no big deal to that. Mm -hmm. But any interaction with somebody else, that betrays our relationship, I'm not okay with that. So there's an evolution there. Right. And when I talk to men, when I hear men talk about this, they there is a betrayal here. There yes. is an absolute betrayal here. Yeah. But it's not like it's being it's not like it's being done in spite of him. Do you know what I mean? Or you can't I understand what you're saying. She didn't do it with any malicious intent towards him. She's like, we have real money problems. But again, we have those money problems. No, no, no. I'm saying she's still wrong with the trust issue. But when I speak to men, they act like she did this and it's embarrassing for him. And there is an embarrassment if he wants to take it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. But really, 
it's a portrayal of trust. That's right. truly what the, what it is. But I see a lot of men still stuck in 20-year-old Bruce mode. Mm -hmm. They're like, you did this to me. Yeah. Thinking that you're embarrassing me, not you betrayed my trust. Right. Which is what it really is about. Right. Um, yeah, she's. I think she's dead wrong. I think she's also wrong for recording it. Yes. That interaction. Yes. That's a private conversation. And then it makes me think, oh, you looking for clout, clout. Now, they've been married for 13 years. I had yeah. the question, was this marriage even real? Or did you marry me because I was a University of Maryland basketball player, All-American, number one overall draft pick in 1995. That's who Joe Smith is. He's a, He was an NBA player for real, for real. Mm -hmm. He made $61 million over, over his career, but really... It was about $18 million after taxes, attorney fees, agent yeah. fees, and everything like that. $18 million is a lot of money. $18 million isn't a lot of money when you think you got $61 million. Right. I can understand how somebody can go broke thinking that they got $61 million instead of $18 million because we're not taught financial literacy. No. Uh, I don't know how he blew through that much money. Yeah, I was still like, Joe, how? Like, how did that happen? Because you could definitely live on eighteen. I can definitely, me and like three generations of my descendants can live on eighteen million dollars. You kidding me? I'll make it work. Listen, no we all get a, we all get a little salary. <laughs> the rest of it is accruing interest somewhere. Or it's something we can make it work. Well, yeah. So I, I thought this was interesting. And yeah. um, I, mean, I don't know it, what the outcome is going to be. It's the same if it's the same as if you dating somebody you know he used to hustle, but he said he wasn't about that life no more. Now you're together, you're married, and he went back to hustling behind your back, and you found out. Well, you got on hard times. He had to do what he had to do. Right hmm. there, there we're we're okay with it then, <laughs> and she's just supposed to understand. You knew who I was when you got with me. Yeah, you was a hustler then when we were dating. But that we're was supposed married to change. Now. We got kids. We married. We've been we got a life together. Yeah. Well, and if but, we have a financial problem, then we need to figure out the solution for it. Yeah. Well, she's her argument was that he wasn't really doing anything, and I'm like, oh, how? Well, okay. And your option was to go to. Was to go this route without talking to him. Right. Like, okay. All right. right. All right. That's a person has lost also, respect for her husband. Yep. And and she says it when she was like, look, we're broken. He ain't doing anything. That is yeah. somebody who absolutely like, you ain't handling things. I got to step up. The fact that but she also, recorded it, posted it, all of this is a person yeah, who she, does not respect you. But also, if she shows me her OnlyFans account mm -hmm. and she wanted them top earners, I might have to let everything slide. Like we didn't, we didn't made it out. We was in debt, and now we ain't in debt anymore. I might have to let everything go. Like, look, just, just next time, next talk time. to me. <laughs> talk to me next time. <laughs> just next time, talk just to me. Next time, just talk to me next time. I'm sorry, I bought you this new car. Well, I'm saying, you know, that, that don't make it right. But you know, this is start. This is this start. Is start. <laughs> this is start for us to get back on the right track. All right, Jay, I'm going to let you take the lead on this next thing, because this was your thing. You wanted yes. to talk about this, and it, it hits close to home, literally. It yes. hits close to home for you. So go ahead. Tell us about Keith Lee, not St. Lunatic's Keith Lee. No, not St. Lunatic's. This Keith Lee is a TikTok food reviewer with over 14 million followers on TikTok. He basically, he's based out of uh, Las Vegas, former MMA fighter. 
And uh, he started his TikTok during the pandemic to help himself with like um, communicating, public speaking. Because mm-hmm. so, he had strong anxiety about that. Yes, yes. Um, so he started to do food reviews uh, places in and around Las Vegas, where he's from. Uh, and they became extremely popular. Like I say, he's got 14 million followers. And uh, people just liked his very neutral style. He didn't mm-hmm. want any special treatment. You know, he tips incredibly well. Incredibly well. <laughs> like a rack. Um, like, literally a rack. <laughs> literally a rack. Um, uh, everybody, that's $1,000. <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> yeah, before, you, a, before you go to Urban Dictionary. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a G. It's a thousand dollars. It's a G, yeah. It's, it's a G. Uh, so... Um, people like his style and he has revived a lot of struggling restaurants that really their only issue because he checks for three things, customer service, um, the food itself. And then is there an issue with marketing? So typically most of the people, great customer service, great food. They just don't, people don't know they're there. So he's given a platform to a lot of you know, struggling businesses and really turned it around. So he's been traveling around with his family Mm -hmm. uh, for the past few weeks. He went to Chicago, he went to LA, he went to New Orleans and did the same thing. Well, he teamed with Mr. Beast, who is a famous YouTuber who was, who was making real moves um, to, 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 to kind of spread what it is that he's doing. And by the way, Mr. Beast, we would love to team up with you, uh, to do shows or whatever. We know you got a YouTube channel. Yeah. Just putting that out there. Anyway. Just putting that out there. <laughs> just putting that out there. Putting it out there. Just if you want to pick up what we're putting down. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's right there. If you get what we're saying. But right. go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, uh he does his same same thing. He goes, he order takeout in disguise. He'll either, you know, send his family in or he'll call the order in himself, disguising his voice or something like that. He takes the takeout to his car. He eats it. He rates it one through 10, right? He gets to Atlanta this past Mm. week. Mm. Now, I've lived in Atlanta for, I think, like eight years. I don't know how long I've been here. Has it been that long? Yes, actually. It has been eight years. It has. Yes, it has. I've been in Atlanta for eight years. So I am fully aware of the Atlanta restaurant scene and how truly ridiculous it is to try to get some food in Atlanta. So when he came here, pretty much anybody who's lived in Atlanta and tried to get food here was sweating bullets because (laughs) (laughs) he is going to have a very difficult time here in Atlanta. And we were right. Um, He's, he such a pleasant guy, such a nice guy, sweet guy. We dropped the ball. He, he reviews black owned businesses. Not always black-owned businesses, but primarily. Majority. Yeah, primarily. majority. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not always. Um, he, his his main thing is struggling businesses that just ah, okay. don't have the exposure. So um, he tried. He he tried. He tried to order some food. They say, "Oh, we don't do takeout." So they said, "Okay, I'll send my family in so they could eat in." Was three hour wait. And then he comes in. Oh, we can seat you right now. Well, how uh, now? Now wait a minute, because right. there have been people in here who've been waiting for an hour, hour and a half. But you can seat me now. 
How is that possible? Never mind. I'm not going to eat here. He's had a couple experiences like that here in Atlanta. And it's true. There's something, I don't know why there's such a distrust between the Black Atlanta restaurant community and the Black Atlanta public. Like it just, it seems- <laughs> I don't think like, that's an Atlanta thing. I, it just seems like, particularly like they hate us down here. Like they don't <laughs> really want to serve anyone food. They want to be a vibe. Yeah. You know, they want to be Instagrammable. They're going to have the neon signs and the grass wall. There's going to be... <laughs> there's, there's Everybody loves the neon signs and, gla- and grass wall. Yes, there's going to be something like that. And there's going to be some sort of area where you could take photos. Something about the bathroom will be cool. You could take photos in the bathroom or something crazy like that. Hookah will be around somewhere. Yeah, they're definitely blowing hookah smoke in all the food. Like it's... it's you know, you got some insane cocktail that has very little alcohol in it and it's $38. Like it's every table is a gratuity and you can't get a check split if your life depended on it. Doesn't matter how many people are in your party and everybody better be there. Everybody better be there or you will not get your seat. Wow. I mean, it's, it's up charges, up charges up for charges every little thing. For every little thing. One of the things he rem- he went to, uh, where did he go? I think he went to Atlanta Breakfast Club and they charged him a dollar for butter. Yeah. He's like, at this a, is breakfast a breakfast spot. It's yeah. breakfast. I think he, I don't want, I don't mean to call the Atlanta Breakfast. I've never been there, so I don't well, know. Well, he, he visited uh, the Atlantic Breakfast, the Atlantic the Atlanta Breakfast Club, the seafood mm. menu, the juicy jerk, the real milk and honey, the dining experience Atlanta, the the bodega, the Jamaican jerk biz, old lady gang, and toast on Linux. Have you been to any of those places? Uh, old lady gang, that is hilarious to me because that feels accurate. And he didn't miss much because that food is salty. Well, no, not all of the restaurants got bad reviews. A lot of them got good reviews and some of them were grateful, but he's gotten yeah. a little bit of backlash by some of the restaurants that got bad reviews. And they're like, why are you trying to bring a black a black business down? And he's like, and your business is bad. Yeah, and but he doesn't even say that, though. He never says that. He ne- He says, he always says, you never know what somebody's going through. So he's okay. like, if the, he's like, if they can't accommodate me or can't accommodate my family, I don't, I never badmouth these businesses. I don't judge them because you never know what somebody's going through. You know, mm-hmm. and that's true. You never know. We both worked in the restaurant business. Yes, you we never, did. You never know what you're going to get when you come on your shift. So, Look, let me tell you something. Working in the restaurant business, I feel like everybody should do it once in their life. Yes. Everybody should serve tables, bartend, be a host. Something You need to work in the restaurant business because you really need to learn. One, you see different walks. You see different people from different walks of life. Yes. And different temperaments at different points in their life. And you get a bit of everything. And if you can if you can survive in that world, you literally can survive anywhere. Yeah. Except I've prison. Never, I don't know about prison. You you in prison can't I'm just scared to death of it. Just I just don't, don't go. want to go. Just don't I, go. I don't want to go. I'm just scared <laughs> of being falsely confused or something. Uh, <laughs> accused of something. Well, your girl, your girl responded to some of the backlash that he's been getting. Who? Cardi. You ain't see that? No. Yeah, Cardi responded by saying she's uh she weighed in on some of the drama that he was receiving and backlash that oh, he was receiving yes, yes. on her Instagram live talking about, yeah, 
Atlanta restaurants do be like that sometimes. You can't get this. It can't get that. You can't get seated. And I, what's funny to me is every time I've gone to Atlanta, I haven't experienced that. But then again, I rarely ever go out to eat. And also, I've, I or our brother have never taken you to those places. Why not? I want to go. I want to experience a bad experience. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I like to laugh. I'm like, this place is horrible. Yeah, it's bad. And, and, like I'll, it, call, and, and I'll call people out and they're like, you know how bad the service is? This, 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 and this. Yeah. Um, I don't care so, about getting no attitude. But sometimes it's like, you. I mean, one, you just know that that's kind of the culture, the food culture down here is just kind of like that at, at some places. Black owned places, it's like that. Um, but <laughs> but you get to you get to some of these restaurants, like toast is delicious. So you like, okay, if I gotta pay for some shenanigans, fine. <laughs> Cause this food is delicious and I'm gonna deal, I'm just gonna deal with it. So I mean, you know, it, it definitely to me, I hope just like some of the people. It, uh, other people in Atlanta that it does do something they just relax a little bit like we go we're gonna pay our check when it comes like but you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna always have customers you know difficult customers and difficult oh, customers yeah. come from all walks of life all walks of life you're not gonna be able to avoid that by making more and more and more rules like that's you're not gonna you're always gonna have a difficult customer period I will say that there's a myth whether true or not, all stereotypes are steeped in a little bit of truth mm-hmm. that black people don't tip. All right. Yeah. Is that true in some cases? Yes. I've been with well-to-do black people that don't know how to tip. There is no, there is no class that teaches you on what the proper yeah. gratuity is or a proper gratuity in certain situations, right? Like, am I supposed to tip when I pick up the pizza from Domino's Pizza and it says, when I put in my card, do you want to leave a tip? Y'all didn't do nothing. I came to pick up my own pizza. I'm supposed to tip right. for that? Right. Delivery, I understand. Yeah. Right? But I'm here. I came here to get the pizza. Y'all just made the pizza, which is a part of your job. Yeah. Which is different than a restaurant and a server. The server ain't making your food. The server is serving you the food mm-hmm. and they get paid very little. So there, there's a common misconception that if you haven't been introduced to the restaurant culture, you don't know how to tip. Right. That comes from what I've discovered is that there you can't determine if somebody by looking at them, if somebody's going to be a good tipper or not. You can't. No. Because I can tell you right now, I'm a great tipper, but I was also yeah. in the business. That's, so that's where yes, because yeah. I also I tip Keith Lee tips again really well, really well for good service. So and uh, I and I want to applaud I want to applaud this brother because the video that surfaced was like he was being confronted. Which one people must just think he's a food critic and forgot that he was an MMA fighter, right? Like a train, like yes. for real fought, like yes. I yes. saw him, I saw a clip in one of his fights. He was getting his ass whooped, but he was still in the octagon fighting. Right. 
Okay. And Which so that means... takes a level of skill already that I <laughs> already. don't possess. No, I don't possess and, it, right? Uh, uh, most of us don't. The most fact that he made it into the octagon. Right. Because I can train. Had... I can train for the fight. I can train for the fight. But to get in? He had to beat some ass before he got in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> he ain't wake up one morning and just be like, I'm going to go fight today. No, right. he had no. to train. No. He had to walk that out. He had to get in there and he had to fight. Right. So it just... It amazes me how neutral and even kill he is mm-hmm. and doesn't really raise his voice, doesn't do bad reviews. No. And people and he was getting backlash, which, by the way, the praise outweighs the backlash. Yes. And okay, I so feel like a lot of people who were tweeting different things about how can he come down here and disparage these restaurants. One didn't see the videos because he never disparages any of the, he never does that. His thing is always these, do you never know what anybody is going through? So he never Mm -hmm. disparages and he always asks the public to not go after or disparage any of these restaurants. So that's one, you didn't watch the video. And two, you don't know who he is because it's probably one of the kindest, nicest people that that there's a reason why he's got the following that he's got is because Mm -hmm. he's just a sweet guy that really, I mean, the stuff that he points out is like a nine or a 10 out of 10, you know, it looked good. I mean, the boy right. looked like he could tell if some food is good or not. And he's and, helped a lot of businesses. And he's helped so many businesses. So many businesses. So I think it's just people who don't, who haven't watched the videos and then also just don't know him. Because uh, like you said, the praise does outweigh the any of the condemnations. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's people. People take headlines, people do sound bites, and then they think they get the whole story. Mm-hmm. Do some research, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, just every now and then. Damn. Right. It's TikTok. It's not like these videos are two hours long. It's, it's I, I was saying, somebody, <laughs> so I did a mailbag, and people were asking different questions. And one of the questions were, you know, like, how do you keep your personal bias out when you're giving facts? And I was like, well, number one, I don't. You know where I stand on things when I say it. Because hey I wear my emotion on my sleeve. Show's called Unsolicited Perspectives. Right. But also, <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't the question. The question was, you know, what do you think about social media and its influences? And I said, social media is good and bad. It's good to give you a kernel of something. You're just like, oh, this is interesting. But you got to take that and then go research and find out more information about it and not mm-hmm. take these little... Hey, we do reels. They're one minute reels, right? They're a little snippet of our show. It is never the show. You can't get what we're saying in the show from this little snippet. It's a tease to get you to watch the episode. So that's all this stuff is. It's a tease. It's a little bit of information for you to go do some research and guarantee that the backlash that he was getting were for people that saw a headline or a little snippet from the video, not even a full video, Mm -hmm. and then decided that they wanted to make a comment. Exactly. But uh, Atlanta restaurants wake up. That's what I. That's what I want to say about that because we could go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And and I guess I I I've never gone any of them. So <laughs> oh well, I, I won't go to them now. Hell, hell, I'll just start cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sis. We want to tell the people out there. <laughs> Listen, the best way. <laughs> I, I don't even know what she about to say. She just started chuckling, which means that it might be funny. The best way to handle a check that doesn't, you can't split the check. Guys, 
Cash App, Zelle, these things exist. Okay. You Zelle or Cash App or whatever, one person, and then that person pays the check. Or you can do an app like Splitwise and that'll split everything up and you'll know exactly how much you're supposed to pay. But this, but this, when y'all get out and they say they won't split the check and everybody look like they don't know what to do. Don't make no sense to me, okay? Somebody take the lead. Let's pay this check. Let's get the hell out of here. Because I'm already mad that my risotto had the consistency of oatmeal. It was ridiculous. And they overcooked my lobster. Let's just get the hell out of here. But you come here and you had no money. Get out of here. Right, because people love to go places when they had no money. On that note, I want to thank you all for listening and watching. Make sure to subscribe, comment, like, rate. Look, we got a mailbag. We have ways that you can communicate with us. If you want to hear us talk about something, shoot us a line. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. We talk about a lot of controversial things on here, but some stuff we ain't going to touch with a 10-foot pole. Just going to let y'all know that right now. <laughs> or, or we do. We just do it on an after-hours episode or talk a straight-ish where you got to pay for it and it's under a paywall. Uh, but on that note... Thank you all again for listening. And until next time, I'll holla. That was a hell of a show. Thank you for rocking with us here on Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Now, before you go, don't forget to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast wherever you're listening or watching it to it. Pass it along to your friends. If you enjoy it, that means the people that you rock with will enjoy it also. So share the wealth, share the knowledge, share the noise. And for all those people that say, well, I don't have a YouTube. If you have a Gmail account, you have a YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can actually watch our video podcast. But the real party is on our Patreon page, After Hours Uncensored and Talk It Straight-ish. After Hours Uncensored is another show with my sister. And once again, the key word there is uncensored. Those are exclusively on our Patreon page. Jump onto our website at unsolicitedperspective.com for all things us. That's where you can get all of our audio, video, our blog and even buy our merch and if you're really feeling genuine and want to help us out you can donate on our donations page donations go strictly to improving our software and hardware so we can keep giving you guys good content that you can clearly listen to and that you can clearly see so any donation would be appreciative most importantly i want to say thank you thank you thank you for listening and watching and supporting us and i'll catch you next time Audi 5000. Peace.